This morning, we're going to be reading out of the book of Jeremiah. Uh, Continuing on in the story of Jeremiah, we're going to be looking at chapter 2 and skipping over a little bit to chapter 4. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, we'll be starting in chapter 2, verse 1. It'll also be on the screen behind me if you would like to follow along there. Let's receive the Word of God together. Jeremiah 2. This is Jeremiah speaking. He says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord. I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the firstfruits of his harvest, All who ate of it incurred guilt. Disaster came upon them, declares the Lord. Jeremiah says, Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the clans of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What wrong did your fathers find in me, that they went far from me, and went after worthlessness and became worthless? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness, in a land of deserts and pits? in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that none passes through where no man dwells. And I brought you into a plentiful land to enjoy its fruits and its good things. But when you came in, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priests did not say, Where is the Lord? Those who handled the law did not know me. The shepherds transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. And then turning over to chapter 4, verses 14 to 18. Jeremiah again is prophesying a word from the Lord. O Jerusalem, wash your heart from evil, that you may be saved. How long shall your wicked thoughts lodge within you? For a voice declares from Dan and proclaims trouble from Mount Ephraim. Warn the nations that he is coming. Announce to Jerusalem, besiegers come from a distant land. They shout against the cities of Judah, like keepers of a field are they against her all around, because she has rebelled against me, declares the Lord. Your ways and your deeds have brought this upon you. This is your doom, and it is bitter. It has reached your very heart. Let's pray. O Lord, we surrender to you this morning. We humbly ask that you teach us from your word, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our hearts, that you'd open our eyes uh, to know what you have for us, each one of us, this morning. Uh, We thank you for this beautiful day that you have made, and we rejoice in you. These things we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So, uh, if you've been tracking with us the past couple of weeks, uh, we've been studying the book of Jeremiah, and we've been looking at how God uh, cultivates Jeremiah and prepares him to receive a call, um, and then extends that calling to Jeremiah on his life, calling him to to be a prophet to the nation of Israel and of Judah, um, to declare the words that he gives him, and in chapter 
1, last week, the end of chapter 1, we hear when Jeremiah receives that call, and here we are this morning in chapter 2, right after this, right after Jeremiah is called, God says, now go proclaim in the hearing of the entire city of Jerusalem this message. And he gives Jeremiah a message for the people, calling them to repentance. You see, the people have been uh, in sin. They have strayed from the Lord. He says, uh, he says that the priests have not been asking where I am. The, those who handle the law have not known me. The shepherds have sinned against me. The prophets have been prophesying by a false god. Everyone across the board has strayed from me. And Jeremiah gives a message that says, Repent uh, for besiegers. The Lord foretells of, of besiegers from a foreign land are coming. Uh, and if, if Israel does not repent, they'll be sent into captivity. And I hope that as you've been uh, listening, if, you've, if you have been with us and you've been listening to the story of Jeremiah, um, that maybe a time in your own life when you have received a calling from the Lord has come up to your mind. Um, either something right now that God is calling you to, something from your past that God did call you to, and how you responded, uh, what that process was like. And if you haven't been with us, that's okay. Um, but I want all of us to take a moment right now to think of a time, uh, if it's come to your mind already or if it hasn't, think of a time when God has called you to something uh, and, and what that whole situation was like. Just take a moment to, to get that in your mind. Now, I hope you've been able to think of something. Um, adults, it can, be, it can be something big, like, like a big, scary job transition, or it could be something that seems smaller, uh, something like responding to your spouse with, with love and gentleness uh, when you want to respond in anger. That's something that God calls us to. Um, youth, for you, it could, be, uh, it could be something like in school, um, all your friends are doing something that you know is wrong, and God is calling you to stand up for what you know is right. Um, it doesn't have to be huge. God calls us uh, in the minutia each and every day. Um, and so if you have that in your mind, I just want you to put that in the back of your mind and look at the story of Jeremiah through that lens uh, because our own personal experience is a very helpful tool uh, for understanding the Bible, for uh, applying the Bible, and relating to it. Parents, you ever tell your kids uh, an instruction like, kid, don't chew with your mouth open. Just when you're chewing, keep your lips closed. I don't want to see that food in your mouth. Uh, and I'm sure when you have given that instruction, your kid said, oh, dearest parent, <laughs> I am so sorry that I was chewing with my mouth open. I will never do that again, as you have called me to chew with my mouth closed. Uh, I will always obey you. That was their response, right? Uh, that's not true. My mom still tells me to chew with my mouth closed. Uh, 
Except for me, it's not chewing with my mouth open. She would always tell me, Zach, or she says Zachary, Zachary, don't take such massive bites of food. And she would say, I just cringe at the thought of one day you having a girlfriend and eating dinner at her parents' house. If you take a bite that big, I'm going to be so embarrassed. And uh, <laughs> she was talking about the far distant future because young Zach was a super nerd and had no game. Um, <laughs> it's true, I know it's hard to believe, right? Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> parents, or, or if you're not a parent and you've, you've been parented uh, or you've seen parents, telling their kids something. Oftentimes, a parent has to tell their kid an instruction over and over and over and over uh, until, they, until they get it. Jeremiah was called to something not unlike that. Jeremiah was called to preach a word of repentance to the people of Israel and the people of Judah. And Jeremiah prophesied and preached for over 40 years across the span of five different kings. And you would think that over the span of 40 years and five different kings, someone would have said, oh wow, the prophet Jeremiah is telling us that the Lord says we need to repent or we're going to be taken into captivity. But that didn't happen. Jeremiah prophesied for over 40 years and obediently followed the calling of the Lord each and every day without ever seeing any fruit in his lifetime. Not only did he not see anyone repent, but Jeremiah was mocked, he was beaten, he was thrown into a cistern, which is like a nasty well. Um, there was an attempt on his life from people that were his relation, relatives of his. Uh, in fact, he was also thrown in prison many, many times, and he would be thrown in prison, and then the king at the time would say, bring me the prophet Jeremiah, and Jeremiah would be brought out of prison, and they'd say, Jeremiah, what's the word from the Lord? And Jeremiah would say, it's the same as it was last time. Repent, or Israel will be taken into captivity. And the king would say, don't tell me what to do, I'm the king, and throw him back in jail. Brothers and sisters, when you've been responding to a call that God has given you in your life, have you ever faced any persecution? Persecution isn't as obvious in the United States uh, as other places. Um, maybe if you haven't felt direct persecution, uh, have you experienced bumps in the road or things that, uh, that, that rise up that try and keep you from obeying the call that God's placed on your life? How about asking the question of God, why? Why are you asking me to do this? This doesn't make any sense. Um, we're going to read in Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah has been 
He's been preaching uh, faithfully for years. Um, and here in chapter 32, he is in prison, and the Chaldeans are outside the city of Jerusalem, besieging the city. All the words that he's been prophesying are coming to pass, and God calls Jeremiah to something that seems very strange. We'll start in verse 6. <clears throat> It'll be on the screen behind me, I believe. Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me. Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, will come to you and say, Buy my field that is at Anathoth, for the right of redemption by purchase is yours. Then Hanamel, my cousin, came to me right after this in the court of the guard, which is where Jeremiah was imprisoned, in accordance with the word of the Lord, and said to me, Buy my field that is at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, for the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Jeremiah says, Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. And I bought the field at Anathoth from Hanamel my cousin, and weighed out the money to him, seventeen shekels of silver. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, and weighed the money on scales. Then I took the sealed deed of purchase containing the terms and conditions and the open copy, and I gave the deed of purchase to Baruch, the son of Neriah, son of Maseah, in the presence of Hanamel, my cousin, in the presence of the witnesses who signed the deed of purchase, and in the presence of all the Judeans who were sitting in the court of the guard. And I charged Baruch in their presence, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these deeds, both this sealed deed of purchase and this open deed, and put them in an earthenware vessel that they may last for a long time. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. About a year and a half ago, I experienced a calling from the Lord. Um... I was hanging out with one of my friends. Uh, we were at a Frisbee tournament, and, uh, and we were talking. We were just catching up between games. We were talking about life, um, and he said something to me um, that was kind of out of nowhere. He said, hey, brother, this is, this is random, but I just can't let this go. Uh, I feel like God wants me to tell you that he wants you to pursue pastoral ministry. And at this point in my life, I was working as the assistant facility manager at a different church in spring. Um, I was being prepared to take over for my boss. I had uh, lots of good security. Uh, I was recently married, less than a year married, and so I had my 10-year plan for I was going to provide for my new wife and one-day kids, um, <coughs> financial security, buy a house. Everything was laid out. Um, and then this guy says, God wants you to pursue pastoral ministry. And so I did what any good Christian would do. And I said, well, all Christians should be pointing other people to Jesus, right? And so shepherding people towards Jesus, that's what a pastor does. Uh, check. <laughs> and I went about, I went on with my life. Um, it was uh, just a few weeks later that um, I was feeling this stirring uh, deep within me, this unrest. Um, I had been working at this other church Monday through Friday, 
and I was here uh, helping to lead worship on Sundays, and I loved both places, uh, but I began to feel this stirring that I thought was God saying, I want you to concentrate your ministry into one church. You're, you're being split, and it's, uh, I've blessed it so far, and now it's going to be ineffective. Um, and so my career, my plan, my security was at this other church, um, and so I called up Jason, asked if we could meet. Uh, this is three weeks after my friend dropped that bomb on me that I honestly hadn't thought about since then because I was a sinner. And, um, <laughs> and I met up with Jason, and I told him uh, what had been on my heart, and he said, yeah, man, you know, that's, that really is a bummer to me because we love having you, but um, that makes sense. And no matter what, I want you to obey the calling of the Lord. Um, but I think this should be a season of prayer and discernment, and I want to walk alongside you in it. So let's meet again in three weeks. We'll have both prayed um, and sought out what the Lord is, is calling you to do. And I want to give you a piece of advice. He said, whenever you're discerning what God wants you to do um, between door A and door B, don't ever rule out the possibility of God bringing in door C out of nowhere. And um, the other thing you should know about me at this time in my life, for the last about six to 12 months leading up to this, I had been having this strange feeling like I should learn how to preach. Um, gosh, this sounds so obvious when I say it out loud. <laughs> I was so dense. Um, I should learn how to preach. Uh, it would be awesome if, uh, if one day God called me either on the, on the streets of Houston or, or London or in a pulpit somewhere to preach a message from him. And so I had begun to write uh, some sermons in my journal in my spare time like every normal human being does. <laughs> and, um, and so all that to say, preaching was on my mind when Jason said Dorsey. And so I said, you're right. Um, that's great advice. Who knows, you know, God could call me to preach or something crazy like that. And, um, and at this point, we get up and we're walking to the car. It's the end of our meeting. Our next one's in three weeks. And he looks at me and he says, you know, Zach, it's funny that you say preaching. Because since I've gotten to know you, I've been wondering if maybe God has a calling on your life to be a pastor. And then he got in his car and he drove away. <laughs> that guy. Um, and so I kind of stood there shell-shocked for a minute and everything came rushing to the forefront of my mind. Uh, the changing of my heart towards towards people from that of judgment to that of love that God had brought about uh, just a few years earlier, a calling to, to walk alongside other young men in, in discipleship and, and learn about God together, uh, a calling to start practicing writing sermons for no good reason, um, and my buddy who only three weeks before had given me the same message. And so my wife and I, kind of went on an emotional roller coaster uh, for the next couple of weeks. Um, we were processing this call, 
wrestling with it. Um, and it didn't make sense because we had our plan. We had security. But we couldn't ignore it. Uh, so three weeks later, I met up with Jason again. And he said, so? And I said, um, well, I've been thinking and praying about what you said. And I think you're right. Um, and I don't know where or when God's going to call me. But whenever he does, uh, we'll be prepared to say yes. And he said, good, because I've also been praying and working, and uh, I have an offer for you. <coughs> How's this sound? Start date? Who knows? <laughs> Salary? Don't know what it's going to be. Don't know where it's going to come from. Job description? Maybe. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> How could I turn that down? I know. Um, and my wife and I prayed about it. And we decided that's what God was calling us to do. And it didn't make any sense. And it was the biggest leap of blind faith that I have made and we have made so far. Um, because... I had to tell my current boss, um, who was planning for me to take over, making plans, investing money in my development, in my training, in my licensing, I had to tell him before I had any security or information about the next job that I was leaving. And I said, I don't know when and I don't know where, but God's calling me to this. And I'm sorry, but I just don't want you to, to spend any more of your money and your time investing in me for this when God's calling me elsewhere. But even through that, uh, you better believe that at times I was wavering. Um, and I was asking God why. And so there's, there's two things out of this story from Jeremiah when, when God calls Jeremiah to do something that just sounds so foolish. It sounds foolish. Jeremiah, I want you to buy this piece of land from your cousin who tried to kill you a few years ago. You're in prison, and the Chaldeans are about to take everyone into captivity like I've been having you preach to the people for years. But I want you to do it. <clears throat> and Jeremiah said yes, but there's two things that I want us to take home from his response. Uh, Jeremiah obeyed. And then he goes to the Lord and he prays. And the first thing I want us to notice is that Jeremiah is vulnerable and honest with God. He obeyed, but that doesn't mean he wasn't afraid, he wasn't doubting, he wasn't confused about why God had called him to buy this field. And he says to the Lord, the Chaldeans are upon us. They're besieging the city. You have been having me prophesy this very message and everything that you have said has come to pass and I'm in prison. And yet, O oh Lord God, you said to me, buy this field for money, get witnesses, even though the city is in the hand of the Chaldeans. 
So I want you to apply this to your story. When God calls you to something that seems scary, that brings up doubts, that brings up fear, yes, I want you to obey the call of the Lord, but I also want you to be honest with God about how you feel. Because he can handle it. And the second thing is a tool that we can take from Jeremiah. Um, the second thing that Jeremiah does in the same prayer as he is confessing his, his confusion, not confessing, just proclaiming his confusion, his doubt, his worry. Uh, Jeremiah, in the very same prayer, he bolsters his faith and he tells God the things about God, the truths about God, that give him the confidence to obey anyways. And we can do this. Jeremiah, <clears throat> he prays and he says, Lord God, I know that it is you who have made the heavens and the earth. You have great power. Nothing is too hard for you. You show steadfast love to thousands. You showed signs and wonders in the land of Egypt and to this day in Israel and among all mankind. Everything that you have said has come to pass. Lord God, you've made the heavens and the earth. Jeremiah says, even though I'm confused, this is why I'll trust you. This is why I'll obey you anyways. And so hopefully if you've had a calling in your mind that God has called you to at some point in your life, or maybe he's calling you to right now, maybe he's about to call you to something. I want you to Think of that thing, and I want you to apply these two principles from Jeremiah to that calling. As we continue in worship, uh, I want you to be honest with God. If you haven't been honest with Him yet about how you feel about that calling, I want you to do business with God and say, God, I trust you, but I'm afraid. I'm confused. And then as we continue singing songs of praise, I want you to declare through the song and declare in prayer the things about God that give you the faith to obey Him anyways. Brothers and sisters, will you pray with me? Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by the might of your outstretched hand. Everything that you have said has and will come to pass. And we trust you because of that. We also know that your steadfast love is offered to each of us. Because of that love, we can have faith. God, teach us these lessons teach us how to obey you, how to follow you, even in the midst of our doubts. We love you, God. 
Lord, we also want to pray uh, for this time of offering. We pray that you would bless both the gifts that are given, multiply them, and bless those who give them. Let it be an act of worship. We trust you, God, and it's in the name of Jesus that we stand the firm cornerstone and that we pray these things. Amen.